listening to the Top Music Guitar Podcast, the show for guitar teachers to learn about the craft of teaching great guitar lessons that students love. If you're looking to start or expand your studio and make guitar teaching your full-time dream job, you've come to the right place. Each week, you'll get to hear from some of the top guitar teachers from around the globe and get their best tips and experiences so that you too can build your own dream studio. I'm your host, Michael, and I've founded one of the top guitar schools in Australia, written a best-selling curriculum, and I mentor guitar teachers. I'm excited to share my expertise with you and the wisdom of all the experts we interview. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. With me today, I've got a real treat for you guys, someone who I've watched from afar and was really fortunate enough to be introduced by a mutual friend. Big shout out to Den once again for introducing me to many cool people. And today's guest is no exclusion. So the person we're about to introduce uh, is the owner of the Total Guitar Transformation Academy, an online guitar school and music course helping hundreds, maybe even thousands of guitar players all around the world. And what I think is most important is this is someone who's still managed to release seven albums, get a couple of world tours, and is actively participating in life as a musician and really living it up. And one thing that I set out to do when I made my own six-figure program and to help the guitar players through top music was create lifestyles. We don't want to become guitar teachers for the sake of trading in our music careers for 40 hours in a nine-to-five job at a school. We don't want to have to give up being able to play music live or dreams of touring the world or just playing music because we love it because we have to go teach and make money that way. So my next guest is someone who I believe is really living a life where he's helping a lot of people through his teaching, but he hasn't had to sacrifice becoming a rock star either. So welcome to the podcast, Ori Ellison. Thank you. Hey, Michael. So where are you coming in today from? I'm very well, Uruk. Where are you joining us from today? Uh, I'm calling in from Ankara, Turkey. Fantastic. So for the listeners who haven't heard of you before, can you give them a brief overview of your story so far and your journey as a guitar player into an online guitar teacher? Absolutely. You know, I'm born in Austria, born and raised and became a full-time musician in my early 20s. Knew kind of early on that music was going to be my life. And then when I was 27 or so, I moved to Austin, Texas, and I ended up living there for 13 years and uh, uh, studied jazz guitar and, you know, really got into it. And we'll talk more about that probably later. Yes. And then the major disruption came, right, for all of us, the pandemic. That was pretty much the birth hour of total guitar transformation as well you know it's it's kind of like trouble can be good you know something that happens to disrupt can be a blessing in disguise and uh three years later you know we're looking at a worldwide online music academy with 162 actively enrolled students and uh a community of almost 10,000 guitar players actually more email and and facebook you know it's just like yeah i would say fifteen thousand people kind of like indirectly um being being following you know either following content or having little courses little side courses yeah it has been great you know 
And I also have been able to continue my artistic journey. I released one album during the pandemic, kind of, and I'm working on my next studio record right now, which, you know, like you said in, in the intro, I think that's the very important part that we don't do this sacrificing our souls, you know, to, to pay our bills or so. But if you really want to be successful, I believe, you know, no matter what you do, your heart and soul got to be in it. And you, you got to be 100% passionate about what you're doing. That's some really, really great advice there. And to go back to what you said moments ago about the pandemic offering an opportunity, there were people who just chose to say, hey, this is too hard. I can't teach online or the government said I can't run my business, so I'm just going to shut down. And there was other people like yourself who found ways to connect with more people all over the world to create courses, to create online music schools. Or in my instance, uh, we were able to just run free lessons in our local area for all the people whose teachers had given up. And then obviously when the pandemic was done, we had more people at our music school than when we entered because we just worked so hard at trying to get new students in rather than surrendering to the circumstance. So I think that's a really, really amazing right. lesson. So how did you yeah. go about constructing this online school that still allows you to tour and uh, make music and all those things. How do you get that balance? Yeah, um, as far as the construction of the online school goes, that all was, the whole school was created. I think that's also one important or maybe the major component of its success is that from the very, very beginning, I tailored what I offer uh, from the, the needs of the, the students or the people out there. So I didn't just create the idea like out of the blue, you're like, oh, right, you yeah, know, that's total guitar transformation, you know, that's, yeah, let's, let's come up with a cool name and let's start teaching some people. Or, you know, it wasn't like that at all. It was really like, okay, let's find out what people need. What's out there? What doesn't exist yet? Yeah. What, what, where is a, an, a specific need in the online teaching market that I, didn't know so much about before the pandemic it was like okay is is are there people that are not being served right now yeah? so and i think that's that's very important for any kind of business that you start you know that you really ask yourself am i actually you know who am i helping you know it, it's easy to say like okay you know i'm teaching guitar or whatever you do but who is it actually that's going to be attracted to to what you have to offer. And, and that those, those are the, I think, key components that, you know, maybe the average guitar teacher or the average musician, because it's the same as an artist too, if you think about it, you know, it's the same as an artist. There's like thousands of guys like you trying to say something or having, having some kind of vision. What, what, what do you have to offer really that, you know, somebody else cannot offer so yeah you know i, I think the, these thoughts are very elemental and easily overlooked and were you teaching prior to creating total guitar transformation or was that something that was birthed out of being stuck in lockdown and having nothing to do uh good question so you know i was teaching i always was teaching since my my early study days at university on the side kind of so I would always just find a few people that wanted to learn 
And so I wasn't like actively seeking out students, but it just kind of happened kind of in a way. Yeah? So I'd have a few, a few teenagers, a few grownups. I remember once teaching a, a guy from a, a woodwind player from, from a, a Vienna orchestra. Yeah? His name was Michael too, actually. <laughs> and uh, just very interesting experiences to, to kind of, you learn things that you wouldn't expect, kind of. Yeah? Why? Why do people want to learn electric guitar? So, you know, what's what's the special thing of electric guitar? So, in in that aspect, I've always been a de- teacher. But then, of course, you know, when the pandemic happened, uh, that unique situation made me just generally shift my my whole existence in a way where, where I realized, you know, I really never want to be pendable on playing live ever again you know i don't want to base my existence on decisions that governments make or doctors you know and and being at their mercy and saying oh you know am am i going to be able to work next year yeah and i think that's what caught most people off guard was the fact that uh Just with the click of their fingers, uh, the government could say, hey, you can't work anymore. You've got to shut your business down. And if you continue to work, there's going to be all sorts of fines or bad things are going to happen. And I don't know about you or our listeners, but the idea that they can do that at any point in the future is absolutely terrifying to me. So, yeah, you really can't be reliant on one source of income. If you're teaching in person, can you start an online course? If you're teaching online or even gigging, what other streams of income do you have open? Because if you're not prepared, you're just going to get caught out next time there is something. And without being a conspiracy theorist, it seems like, you know, things are getting tense once again and whatever causes it, you know, whether it's a a pandemic again or a war or simply, um, you know, you have a a car accident and you're unable to work, what other means of income do you have? Uh, You're completely right. And, you know, again, you can you can look at the negative or you can uh, look at the positive. You know, you're completely right. You know, there's this uncertainty factor. You want to feel maybe more secure. But also there's this immense opportunity that, you know, if you look at the whole world where it's moving in the big picture, I really think that the pandemic was just kind of like an accelerator of the whole process. But this was going to come anyhow, you know. People are going to realize anyhow that going to work in many cases is a waste of energy and time. And they can do 90% of, of what they do at home. And if you look at online education, you know, online education started booming already before the pandemic. And companies like Zoom, you know, they were already like starting up. I think it's just wise in general to kind of question the paradigm that that you're in and and try to see like on the signs of the times and and don't be afraid to to make a radical shift you know if it's what was true five years ago it's not going to be true today yeah it's the same with the uh, i always see so many parallels between business and, and the artist world yeah? it's the same with selling cds or making albums you know, it was today is not the same like it was even five years ago. And uh I think we as a kind of like pioneer generation, if you want so, you know, we we all kind of grew up with computers and, and that technology. 
but we still also have one foot in the old school world. I think we have a very unique opportunity. Yeah, it is very interesting to go into the changing times. Like I was literally having breakfast with my um, family this morning. It's uh, it's Father's Day here in Australia, so happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there listening in the world. But we were just sort of reflecting upon some of the things we did growing up when we were teenagers. And I was talking about how there were shows like Jackass on MTV and how we were skateboarding and doing crazy stuff like that and how very different that is now. And it came up that um, we were talking about CDs and recording and playing in bands. And I just said, I bought in a whole bunch of CDs to share with my students and, and say, hey, as a little assignment, you go listen to Rising Force by Yngwie Malmsteen and his Surfing with the Alien by Joe Satriani and here's my Stevie Ray Vaughan CD. And the students are just like, what do I plug it into? I can't listen to this anymore. I don't even have like the technology to, to listen <laughs> to this. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa. So like anyone under the age of 18 these days is probably never going to pay for music, at least not in the same shape or format. The fact that my brand new MacBook I bought earlier this year doesn't have a disk drive in it is also an indication of you know, the direction the world's going to head in. So you're absolutely right. It's changing times. And it's just, do you complain about the past and what you can't control because the world's never going back that way? Or do you embrace the future and start looking for the opportunities, whether it's a good situation or a bad situation or the constant transition between both? <laughs> it really is, you know, how you look at the glass is if it's half full or half empty and what, you, what are you going to do about it? Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Maybe one other thought on that is, that every crisis is an opportunity in general and every disruption is is a chance for personal growth and in my case it's definitely you know when i look back now this last three years uh, things have grown that i couldn't couldn't even dream of before you know that just because i was open and i just went with yeah i, I went with the vision that's amazing so how important is setting a vision, setting goals, planning out what you want to achieve and then building it? And did you have any help along the way, uh, whether that's reading books or getting coaching and mentoring or did you all just figure it out by yourself? Yeah, I mean, as we both know, it's hugely important to have a vision, you know, because you're just not going to get very far if you cannot see where you're going, you know. and. Uh, visualizing your goals i mean that's pretty much it as a as a guitar teacher you know that's that's what i do for my students pretty much being able to visualize where they need to go basically or where they can go or where they want to go you know they might not see that as well that also almost answers the other question you know that when you are a coach uh, i see myself more as a coach than a teacher i mean it's maybe a subtle difference but i think the difference is that teacher is maybe a little higher you know like in a hierarchy kind of sense where it's like more looking down at the students kind of or more authoritative uh, whereas a coach a coach is more like a a, a body you know that's it's kind of got you back kinda, that's gonna correct any mistakes or so he sees in your workout or so and, and kind of supports and you know world-class athletes need coaches to get better it's you know in, in business it's normal to get an expert in to to help a business in a particular 
aspect. So in, it would be absolutely foolish if I would have tried to do this business thing on my own without a coach, you know, be almost defying myself. So yes, I had several mentors uh, over these three years. And really, when I look back, you know, I had just like a rapid succession of learning and growing and experimenting and making mistakes and collecting data and getting to know this audience, you know, of, of guitar players um, or generally, yeah, online music freaks without the help of, of these coaches that are been working with i would never have been able to uh, to build this whole thing so quickly and and get the clarity i think so quickly because even if you you know if you don't have the seed kind of planted in you then it's going to be hard for any coach same with guitar teaching eh? if the willpower to really get better and master your instrument isn't already there we're not gonna plan it there for our students so definitely I had that seed in me, but if someone comes in and, and, and starts recognizing that seed and then suddenly starts watering it with the right amount and starts putting some fertilizer on it, you know, in the right moment and, and uh, give it some sunlight and stuff, that's what we do as guitar teachers. So, you know, that's, that's what happened with my coaches and, uh, Total Guitar Transformation is kind of the plant that grew out of it. That's awesome. And I always liken it to we all have those students who clearly and desperately need help, but they say, hey, I'm quitting lessons. I'm just going to go off and do my own thing. And you're like, well, good luck with that. Like I can see you clearly need my help or whether it's someone else's help without being egotistical thinking we're the only person we can help them. But there's a huge benefit to your students from learning from you because you have that experience that retrospect, that ability to go, I've done this before, I can help you get there. And you are absolutely crazy is not the right word for it, but um, there's a certain hubris in certain students, not everyone, but just going, oh, hey, I'm going to do my own thing. But then we ourselves can often repeat the exact same mistake in our businesses or any other areas of our life, be it, you know, trying to do a gym routine ourselves, but having a coach, whether that's your students learning from you as a teacher or you getting business advice from someone else, an expert who's done what you already wanted to build an online course or create a really successful music school is, you know, absolutely essential. And that's part of why we do top music in this podcast is to find uh, indirectly, we've obviously got coaching programs, but just through podcasts, find people like yourself and other experts who have this knowledge who can of course, go and share it with people. But yeah, the shortest path to success is often finding someone who's done what you want to do and just either modeling them or asking them for help to say, hey, how did I get here? Absolutely. Uh, you know, what you said about this rebellious kind of student uh, that wants to do their own thing. I mean, whenever I come across that, you know, I see myself completely. Huh? And you got to respect that to a certain degree too. Uh, I think it's important yeah, to have 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 that as well. It's like, oh, you know, I just want to, I want to do my own thing. You know, I don't, I'm not gonna have anyone tell me how to do this, especially in, in in guitar, even more so. You know, in creative endeavor, you mature and you you get a little smarter, and this youthful exuberance, you know, makes room for for some 
a little bit of wisdom maybe or um seeing the big picture um so it's kind of what i learned over the years in general and and what you said about the you know the fastest finding the fastest way or um being being open to let yourself being guided i think that's an important part that a lot of people are starting a business or you know getting yeah getting started maybe not seeing is that you have to act out what you're preaching yeah you cannot expect something from your students that you are not or from your clients or because all my students are, are grown-ups you know so my situation is maybe a little different that i work with usually very mature people and people that really actively seek me out and, and come to my doorstep and and want to want to be helped yeah but you know if, if i'm not just one example yeah if if i'm not generous in investing in my knowledge as a, as a teacher if i don't know what it feels like just to make a very clear example if I'm not willing to invest to learn and spend some thousands of dollars into my knowledge, how can I expect any of my students to do the same? Huh? If, if, if I'm like a, have a cheap mindset that, you know, it's like, oh, no, I'm just going to do this on my own and then I'm not going to invest or so, then how can I convince anyone to, to invest into my training or my academy? Uh, I think it works subconsciously you know it's something that we cannot control the people can just feel especially when you talk to them on, on video or so you know body language and everything people can sense if you're full of shit or if uh if you're sincere and so we gotta be very careful if we want to become leaders you know we really need to be careful of what what we actually believe in ourselves and and how our actions reflect that 100%. And yeah, you can't be a business coach charging top dollar when you haven't invested into yourself. And likewise, if you aren't out there gigging regularly, or uh, this is a, I've got to word this one carefully because I don't want to, um, I don't want to annoy half of our listeners at home. But one thing that really never <laughs> sat right with me was when I was at university, I had that crossroads of, okay, I finished my, my music degree, but now I need to go and uh, get an education master's so I can teach in a classroom. And I was like, but all the people telling me what I need to do is a music degree and an education master's become a classroom teacher. They're not rock stars. They're not going on world tours. They're not playing in bands actively. They do their one gig every two or three months uh, or maybe once a year as a social thing but they're working nine to five at a school and they don't necessarily like it because they're really not enjoying it. And I'm like, why am I taking these people's advice? So that, that way I went and found out a coach and a mentor who had actually toured the world in various bands who was making a lot of money teaching guitar and said, hey, I actually want to make a lot of money and I want to be able to use that money to fund my music career, not be asking a boss, hey, can I please have two weeks off to go on this tour? And then him have come back and say, no, we need you to teach. Mm -hmm. So. That was literally me rejecting this uh, idea, a uh, paradigm, as you mentioned before, of questioning, hang on, is the best way to go about this what everyone else is doing? Or should I come up with an alternative way? And I, my listeners have definitely heard it before, but I, I essentially decided to go off and do my own thing. And 
you know, within 12 months, I was making six figures teaching guitar and still had plenty of time to go off and tour and play in my band and do all that kind of thing. So yeah, exactly what you said. You can't have all these teachers saying, this is how you become a professional musician when really their classroom teachers at a TAFE or a uni or a high school who do music on the side whenever their schedule allows. And, and that's why I wanted you on this podcast because it really seemed like you were doing something quite different, So, uh, which is really, really awesome to see. Tell us a little bit more about what you actually do with Total Guitar Transformation, everything from you know, how do you find students to what do you teach them or, or how do you discover what they are lacking and then create that bit of content that provides that transformation for them. So we're halfway through today's episode, but before we dive back into our discussion, let's take a moment to talk about the Top Music Guitar Teachers membership. Now, this isn't just another course or another run of the mill membership. It's a game changer for guitar teachers just like you. Imagine having a supportive community of like-minded professionals, mentorship from industry experts, and a wealth of resources and teaching tips at your fingertips. Our membership empowers you to grow your teaching skills and build a thriving guitar teaching business around whatever you want to do, whether that's online, offline, building courses, creating awesome products, whatever you want to do. Join us today for only $49 per month and unlock your full potential as a guitar teacher. Now, back to the podcast. Like I said earlier, you know, TGT was born out of the research of finding out what people really might need. Yeah? I mean, this is something that everyone just has to do individually anyhow, because it always also has to do with what you have to offer as a, as a person. And it's not just like, a, if I just knew this information, then I could be super successful. It's like, no, it's, it's a very individual thing. But what I found out in my, in my personal um, research and so was there was different camps of guitar players learning. Yeah? There's the camp that's kind of enamored by the sportive aspect of lead guitar playing and the you know faster, wider, more impressive kind of uh, sh- maybe the shredders you could say <laughs> the, the guitar Olympics. And, yeah, <laughs> guitar Olympics. That's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think I heard you say that uh, on another podcast. <laughs> yeah. And and then there's the beginners, huge field. You know, just people buying the first guitar or, or rekindling their passion and getting the first electric maybe, you know? And so it became clear very early for me that I was going to just bypass those two camps. Yeah? Instead, I was interested in the camp that was looking for more expression yeah? and a camp that already kind of saw the need of, of going a little deeper than just studying scale books and chords and frantically hopping from one YouTube lesson to the next. And and, and kind of people that knew that there was more to music than just that. Huh? And then again, based on my own personal story of starting to gravitate, basically since kind of like a counterintuitive move on my part yeah? from, you know, going back to my childhood, I, I started as a piano player. Yeah? So I had a full, piano background and I got accepted to study music in in Vienna again very classical based you know like music theory ear training arrangement uh, basically we were working together with the composers and conductors in the Vienna Music University 
And so guitar was kind of a, a side thing even. The ones that want to express themselves more deeply, yeah? that's what I want to focus on. So, you know, I get more and more educated and learned more about jazz and got more deeper into that whole thing of learning music. And Jimi Hendrix started becoming more and more important to me. Yeah? When I was a teenager, I wasn't into Hendrix. I didn't connect to his music that much. You know, it was just a bunch of noise, more or less. I was more into the clean kind of players. You know, I was into Satriani kind of early on in my teenagers and then later Vi and then uh, uh, Scott Henderson and more the fusion players. Kind of, and then Chick Corea and, and all oh, my Stager favorite players. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, Hendrix wasn't really on my radar that much. And the more I got educated, it's almost like my, my soul or my musical identity felt a need to kind of counterbalance that with somebody that's on the other side of the spectrum. I also start loving blues more huh? and roots music. So I kind of like went, even when I was still at university studying jazz in Austin, I kind of felt, felt like a rebel a little bit of just in the big picture, wanting, really wanting to play like soulful music and music from the heart kind of. And that's exactly that, that happens to be my audience today. You know, if I look at my students, people that have, have some kind of calling on the guitar. Most of them are not professionals. Some of them are, I call them eternal beginners. You know, they started playing guitar early on, but then life got into the way and they never really got beyond strumming rhythm guitar or maybe got married, you know, job and everything. And so then never really got the chance to really go for it. Huh? And total guitar transformation really offers those kind of folks a chance to to find out what's missing and to to get that knowledge of of someone that went in all the way with without compromises yeah i don't have any kids that's the other side of the you know didn't have time for for those kind of things to to get that kind of knowledge and just get their practice and and development into an environment where they can grow, eh? where where everything is intuitive, feels natural, where you get all the also formal training as well. You know, I, I would be the last one to say music theory is not important, but in the order of things that are important to these specific people where they are, Learning scales and learning about the circle fifths is not the first priority, you know. And even most of the time, the things that those students think is is going to be the, the most important for them to break out of their confinements or boxes or whatever you might call them. Very often, it's a different thing than they think it is. It's not the technique, you know, it's not the music theory knowledge, but it's the phrasing. It's it's the rhythm. That's the rhythm placement. It, it's the understanding of developing a musical idea and stuff like that. So what better role model for these kind of trainings than Jimi Hendrix? And, and that's where kind of connected my artistic, um, my artist 
self, you know, my, my educational self. That's where they completely connected. And that's where I decided that uh, Total Guitar Transformation carries the, the music of, of the inspiration of Jimi Hendrix at the core nucleus of our program. Instead of making the formal music education and the scale chord relationships and all, all that good stuff, the, the gold standard, you know, I basically made Jimi Hendrix the gold standard. And I'm, I'm using some of his music and, and some of his musical approaches uh, to explain all these other musical uh, mechanisms of the musical language. What I see is that this more intuitive, more practical-oriented approach uh, skyrockets the motivation. It skyrockets the ability to immediately implement what you learn and you know, have a scale sound, have a modal sound, and be actually able to feel it and get to that state of expressing with that sound much quicker than, than it is with like learning, dissecting, drilling, and and again, you know, making it your own again, like kind of learn everything and then forget everything that you learned and, you know, make it feel natural again. The same process I went through when I learned, uh, I think I'm able to bypass some of that for our students. And yeah, that in a nutshell, that's what TGT is about. <laughs> I'm excited uh, <laughs> just listening to it. And I, I know when I was 16, all I wanted to do is shred. Oh, I think it was, I didn't start playing guitar till I was 15. And I, I got offered when I was just started high school, I did a, a musical test in the first week of music class and I got a hundred percent and they invited me to music night and my dad took me down and we watched the stage band play and they go, Michael, we got the perfect instrument for you. Here's an oboe. And me and my dad looked at each other and just started laughing. Apologies to all the oboe players out there, but it would just seem ridiculous. And he turned to me and goes, <laughs> Michael, would you like to play a real instrument like guitar or drums. And I wanted to say yes, but my heart clenched up and I, I got all shy and I said, oh, no, I could never do that. And I think after two and a half years, that just got unbearable and I just had uh, had to play. You know, At that point in time, I was just getting into rock music and yeah, two and a half years later, it was all about Van Halen, Ozzy Osbourne and Guns N' Roses and all the, the, the classic 80s kind of big hair, pointy guitar kind of stuff. And the first couple of years, yeah. I was all I wanted to do was learn how to shred. And then my dad uh, took me to see uh, Buddy Guy play. And that was my yeah. first exposure to the blues. And I, from then on, I was like, I want to learn about blues guitar and, and playing with feel and all those kind of things. And long story short, I went from the best shredder high school guitar player to the worst jazz guitar player at university. It went from a rock program where we just had to learn things for an exam to a jazz degree where we had to be improvisers and creative. And I did not have a creative bone in my body at that point. I'd never worked on it. So yeah, something that I was really, really struggling with right up until after I'd finished my degree, because I was so busy catching up on the fretboard and, and actually understanding music and not just learning repertoire for the sake of performing it, that it wasn't until two or three years after my degree did all the improvisation side of things sort of start coming out in my playing. And I even think that it's really hard to condense almost a thousand years of Western musical history into a three-year degree broken up into, you know, 12-week blocks of study. Uh, and the fact that you'd try and cram 60 to 80 years of jazz development into 
three semesters of, of music is, you know, challenging in and of itself. And I was totally not prepared to be, to go from no improvisation to university level, but everything you've described, big roundabouts way of getting there is just gets me almost salivating at the idea of <laughs> connecting with the roots of Jimi <laughs> Hendrix and improvising. It's, it's really cool. So where can our listeners, this is a bit of a, a check-in at this point, where can our listeners find out more about Total Guitar Transformation Academy and what you're doing there? Yeah, I mean, that's very easy. TotalGuitarTransformation.com. Just look that up. You know, if you Google it, you'll find also plenty of uh, resources. But uh, our website is kind of like a hub. Uh, we have a free Hendrix class on there, which is way more than a Hendrix class. It's It's really... Uh, a lot of what we talk about here, you know, where I'm explaining to people basically why the conventional scale chord approach is not necessarily the the first approach for for those specific people that you know I, I'm doing my thing that they already have some knowledge basically. Yeah? And so yeah, you, you can go there on there and watch the free Hendrix class with email list uh, where I'm sending out. A bunch of free content, you know, because that also maybe I'm thinking of your listeners here. Yeah, I, I think that if you want to convince anyone to pay you for what you can do, you know, you, you really got to prove your value first. Yeah, like one hundred percent, maybe one thousand percent. Yeah, so you know, you need to give those people that just maybe randomly popped into you online so much value. That they, they just can't help themselves. Like, who is this guy? You know, he's, he's, he's throwing up. It's just critical to show people what you have to offer and provide immense value or show how uh, what you do is valuable for them. You know, not even like generally like how good you are, but how can this, what I do, how can this help you, Michael? Yeah, for example. Why would you want to listen to me? Yeah. So that's the first step. And, and that's what I'm doing mainly with the website and with uh, our Facebook group, Blues Rock Guitar Mastery Group, which, you know, I started it as just as, as a group to kind of share my, my teaching uh, methods and so. And middle in the meantime, we have uh, almost 8,000 people in there. So. That group is growing rapidly. And the funny thing is, I'm realizing it now that there isn't really any other group like that for blues and rock playing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of filled a void with that community there too. And the great thing is it's, it's all free. People can just join it and post their performance videos, get some feedback on, on those and then go through all the free trainings that I have in this group. If someone wants to go further, then there are ways to uh, either meet me or a team member and then talk about their individual guitar situation and do a you know one-on-one Zoom session and, and see how I might be able to help them. That's awesome. And how did you go about building up such a massive Facebook group? I think I've got like maybe 95 people in the little group I started. <laughs> So I don't know, lots of our listeners <laughs> yeah. may also have Facebook groups. So uh, what has been your, your Facebook strategy? Uh, yeah, so it started out, the background was that I learned how to run ads 
uh, early on in my business because, you know, I learned early on, okay, I need to have some eyeballs on my content. And so I started that and don't want to say wasted, but I spent a lot of money uh, to just find out what works and what doesn't. Yeah, it made me realize at some point that I'm more interested or it feels closer to me the way I teach that I want to meet people more personally and more organically than just having them sign on to uh, a training or, you know, some opt-in. You, you never get to find out who, who this person is and they just watch your video. And then out of a thousand people that watched it, you know, maybe 10 of them want to know more or so yeah little impersonal unpersonal kind of process so that kind of really attracted me to building this facebook group and uh, you know it it happens to be a facebook group but it's really just a community it could be on any social media channel you know it's not the facebook is not what makes it work but the community is what it makes it work yeah so building a community uh, became my primary focus you know starting i would say beginning of 2022 and those numbers show the result basically of, of you know putting my effort on building a community in the meantime i'm also running ads to build the group basically just showing people what was happening in the group but you know in terms of facebook strategy that's a a, a very very great hack if you want uh, because I'm literally spending money for people to go on Facebook. You know, I, was like, I was like, hey, you know, check this out. I got this awesome Facebook group. So that's that's why you get uh, the best lead, lead costs with that strategy because Facebook obviously wants people to be on Facebook. And uh, yes, I've been very successful with that. I'm doing a combination right now of organic marketing and organic attraction and then putting a little fuel on the fire with, with some facebook ads and just you know making sure that more of the right people see my content basically that's really really awesome and what's the name of your group uh, one more time so our listeners can check it out and yeah. You know, generally, <laughs> generally, you're a member of your own target audience. And as I mentioned before, I'm salivating at the uh, the prospect. I know I'm a member of it, but I'll let you share <laughs> it here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the Loose Rock Improvisation Guitar Mastery Group. It's just a little bit of a mouthful. Rock Blues Guitar Improvisation Mastery Group. Yeah, And, you know, here's the interesting thing, too. I could easily find a more, a shorter name, yeah? And I could just call it rock blues guitar group, right? But what I learned was just that the more specifically you really target the people, you know, that what you do is for, the the more likely you're going to have success with that. And improvisation is a huge, huge deal in, in what I teach. I really believe that if you can become a great improviser, you know, you're inherently a great composer and you learn all the good stuff as an improviser. Yeah. L like you, you describe it from your own journey. You know, it's, it's very different to learn some leaks and, and do some tutorial videos and, and 
learn how to play like certain people, but to really develop your own language as an improviser, that that is really what I do. That's really what I help people with. And in our case, you know, it's connected to blues rock guitar. I could uh, probably could call it the Jimi Hendrix guitar and precision mastery group, but that that would be a little too narrow. And of course, it's not all about Jimi, but you know that blues rock and Jimi Hendrix. I mean, it's just it's a perfect match. And uh, yeah, uh, it took me a while to to find the the right name. You know, with trial and error and starting my business, I think the group name changed like 10 times before i settled on on this last name <laughs> yeah naming things can always be one of the hardest parts so you got, you got everything else lined up but just getting the right name now unfortunately as yeah. much fun as i'm having ulrich we are getting towards the end here but you mentioned that you've got a book coming out soon so do you want to give us a little tease of what you've been working on absolutely so basically i wanted to just put everything together that the kind of strategy of what TGT is about and put it in one book yeah? without being afraid to, to share relentlessly what it's all about. This book can be seen as like a strategy book for practicing and building your, your own improvisational language in a little bit more unconventional way, ways. Uh, which some of them I picked up just on the street or, you know, <laughs> playing with, with some special musicians that I had the fortune to play with. And also approaches that I learned in my jazz studies, uh, improvisational games, if you want. And, you know, Mick Goodrick is one guy that influenced me a lot there. Uh, kind of just chasing back my heroes, you know, and, and finding Finding those, you know, finding out, okay, uh, Joe Satriani, Lenny Tistano, and so, you know, what are really the sources of inspirations for our heroes, kind of, and, and how did they develop their, their language? And yeah, so that's going to be all condensed in one book. Book is going to come out early next year, hopefully, everything works. You can just invite anyone, you know, even if you're not into blues rock, I think it's one of those books that can be valuable for any any improviser really yeah? that's that's how i would say it uh, super excited about it i'm excited too so once that's out and about of course let us know and uh, we can either happily have you on the podcast again to talk more about it and of course we'll share it through all the socials so my last question for you auric apart from where can we find and follow you online which we'll ask in a second what's one final piece of wisdom and advice you can share with our listeners you know, it's, it's 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 really hard to narrow it down to to one one piece because there there's a lot of puzzle pieces. Yeah, there's a lot of puzzle pieces. No matter if you are a guitar student or you know you want to grow as a musician or you want to build your business, I think one of the crucial things that are very uh, especially nowadays kind of get easily buried. We have so much information out there. Yeah? For us to find focus, find deep enough focus to really make a substantial growth. No matter if you're a guitar player or, you know, maybe I'll talk about the guitar player and it applies to business as well. If you won't really want to grow, you need to focus on one thing only, I believe, for a particular amount of time, particular amount of time. And that's even as simple as just switching off your phone when you practice. 
you know, even the micro micro level. But then also in terms of study, instead of just going to the old open YouTube buffet and studying 15 styles at the same time, to just narrow down on one thing and just really give that some attention and uh, make some progress on one thing first until you move on to the next. Uh, it's the same with the business. Yeah, absolutely the same with the business. I think if you just apply that one mechanism to whatever it is that you're doing, then you will start to make some impact on whatever you're doing there with with that laser sharp focus that you create. And then success pretty much is just a byproduct. It's almost unavoidable, I would say. That's some really, really solid advice. Ulrich, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Where can our listeners connect with you online, find more about your stuff and uh, maybe even uh, reach you about the book when that does come out? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for all things guitar teaching, go to totalguitartransformation.com. For all things artist, Ulrich Ellison, you know, go to ulrichellison.com. And we got a new single coming out in October. Yeah, lots of good stuff. And, you know, if you Google my name, you're probably going to find a lot of things. There's not too many Ulrichs out there in the in the music scene. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, guys listening at home, we will make sure we post those links uh, in the show notes wherever you're listening. Ulrich, on behalf of the Top Music community, thank you so much for joining us today and giving up your time. It's an inspiring story. You're doing some great stuff, uh, which, you know, I definitely am inspired to go out and do more for. And we really do wish you all the success and we appreciate the fact that you give us our time and so much great advice. So until next time, thank you so much. And to our listeners, we'll see you in the next exciting episode shortly. Thank you very much, guys. We'll see you next time. Peace. Hey there, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. If you have any questions about anything we discussed on the podcast, reach out to me at michael at topmusic.co via email. If you want a guest on the show because you're doing some wonderful things in the teaching space, I would love to hear from you. Or if you've got any suggestions for guests or topics we can discuss, as always, you know where to find me. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is our Top Music Guitar Teaching Membership. We have over a thousand members of Top Music, and that is a huge community of people that you can connect with online, share wonderful teaching tips, and of course, network with. We've also got over 20 courses for music teachers, 12 special ones for guitar on every topic imaginable from group teaching, private teaching, how to find more students, how to build websites, everything you could possibly want to need to know about teaching, building a business, and getting more students is covered. And you get access to all of this for $49, probably less than what you charge for a one-hour private lesson every single month. So don't miss out on this awesome opportunity. Visit our website, www.topmusicguitar.com and join us in the membership. Thank you so much and we'll see you next week.